The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports. I'm so sad. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> it, it took me a minute. It actually took me a minute to realise what just happened. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Gaelic football on off the ball with AIB proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship check out hashtag the toughest for more now then you're welcome along we're talking GAA so as last dances go that was pretty good our dynamic duo are here Darren O'Sullivan hello how are we doing Joe and Colin Boyle with us as ever hello Colin Joe, how are things? Yeah, very good. So I don't know, were you both at the game or watching at home? I watched on the TV and I really enjoyed it. I thought it had this kind of ferocious, ferocious, constant intensity. I spoke to someone who was at the game and he was terribly disappointed, thought it was like dull pedestrian, uh, the first half in particular. So in the main column, did we get a good All-Ireland football final? Um, I think we did, Joe, and I'd be hearing. I I wasn't at the game, so I'll be interested to hear what Darren thinks from from being there. Um, was the quality brilliant? No, it wasn't. I don't think we were expecting like it was anything going to be like it was in 2019. Um, but just the fact that, especially in the first half, there was so many turnovers. It was the most chaotic. I would say first ten or fifteen minutes of of an final that I can actually remember. There was so many turnovers. Um, there was hardly any free given by David Goff. Uh, I think Ian Fitzmaurice commentary, it took him about seven or eight minutes to actually give the matchups. And I think that just shows a fella of his football brain sitting in the best seat of the house. Even he couldn't figure out what was happening because it was literally turnover after turnover up and down the pitch. But I found it exciting because every time there was a turnover, there was a buzz in the crowd. And I think eventually it kind of settled down after that. I think the second half, quality-wise, was actually better. But I, but I think I think overall I actually really enjoyed the game and I can see people's arguments in it that yes the quality was on the low side for what we expect between these two but uh, but I I was happy enough with them. Yeah, Darren. Uh, well, how many drinks had you had pre-game? I suppose we need to know before you give us your answer. Too many pre-game and way too many post-game. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, like it was one of them finals. Like like Colin said, the standard. It was quite poor. There was a lot of mistakes, and it was funny. I went into the bathrooms after the game, and the usual talk at the urinals was, uh, "Actually, we've all played the game. The mistakes they were making were outrageous." And I was looking at your man. I was going, "I don't know how many times you've played out in that pitch in the rain and the intensity. The intensity was off the walls. The tackling, like you could feel some of them, like it was bone crunching." Now look. The quality, I think, and Cullen will stay the same. The quality is never as good in Crow Park when there's rain. And it sounds stupid because it rains in Ireland so often. But that pitch is different. And you could see with fellas there, the way Kerry were getting bodies back, Dublin were getting bodies back. And fellas were second-guessing themselves. And then they were getting caught in contact. Like, it was amazing to see how often Kerry and Dublin both went into contact when the day was made for avoiding it at all costs. But... The standard wasn't great, but it was tense and it was gripping. I was actually sitting beside Tom Morrissey from Limerick um, for the game. Like, and it was actually interesting to see like he enjoyed it. Um, but just the different tactical things that were going on, like Cullum said, you were 10 or 15 minutes into the game going, who is marking who? Who's playing where? Um, but at times it was slow, but I just think when the conditions are like that, it's always going to be that way. Yeah. Like a game almost can take on a certain rhythm, Colm, and when there were so many turnovers, I suppose that allowed you be uh, a touch more cavalier in possession. It wasn't like you were playing Derry 
or Roscommon and you knew if you lost the ball you'd be five or six minutes without it like there was probably this sense of we're just getting a little bit lost in the, the to and fro of it here yeah there was a bit of that but in fairness like when when there was a turnover and especially Dublin they were trying to trying to counteract at real pace and we saw that a couple of times with yeah, Mannion, the Mannion kicked was, a, super yeah. score, yeah, a super score but there was a couple of times before that where Lee Gannon wins the ball back and he just lets it in from the halfway line and I think Ty Morley makes an interception so you know, that, there was good phases of play, but I think it's important to recognise good defensive play as well. Mm. And, you know, that can make it an exciting game. And I mentioned Morley there. I think he's a typical example. Like, for a fella for the last two years, Joe, who's played pretty much as a sweeper role where you don't mark anyone, to all of a sudden in an Ireland final go in and go on a 70-minute duel with one of the best players in, con- in the country in Conor Callan. And I think, I think some of the one-on-one defending in the whole game yesterday, but from him in particular, like that one in the first half where Callan wins the ball... And he's 14 yards out from goal. And as a defender, when O'Callaghan's lining you up, you know there's danger There's danger all over this. He's trying to throw the sidestep and go for goal. But in fairness to Morley's footwork is unbelievable, shows on the sideline and forces the mistake. And Darren mentioned it there. Like we talked a couple of weeks ago, Joe, like what is a tackle in Gaelic football? Yeah. And I think you saw, you saw it yesterday. A lot of it was just making contact with the player and actually forcing the mistake, forcing him to make the error. And obviously the conditions yesterday were absolutely ideal for that. And it made to this frantic, you know, game where there was just turnover after turnover. Like yeah. I said, I actually enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I like we're very quick, Darren, to celebrate the forwards. I, I think that is a final where you can say you want to see some really good defending allied by the conditions. Generally, a lot of defenders got on top. That's not the end of the world. I mean, they should be saluted as well. Oh, yeah. Look, like it was a day for cornerbacks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it was. And like like every turnover was greeted with this eruption of noise. And Cullum hit the nail on the head. I think Dublin, they transitioned into attack so much quicker than Kerry. I think that's where Kerry probably will have their biggest regrets. When they got their turnovers, we just didn't inject any pace into our attack. Um, we were a bit slower going forward with it. And like Colin mentioned, Lee Gannon just drove one in at one stage. We we never really did that. Um, we were cautious looking at times. It was a case of we worked hard to get it back here. Don't give it back straight away. We'll work, build our way up. And as it happened, a few times we'd get up to around the 45, 50 yard mark and we went lateral. Next thing, there was no one free. And like Colin saying, you make contact. Players will make mistakes in them conditions. And then it was a turnover. Um, yeah, but like that, it was just tense. It was gripping. We talked last week, Kerry. We thought they needed to go up by four or five. Mm. They can never get to that four points. They could never get to two scores. They get to three, and they'd have to work really hard to get three points up. And then very quickly, Dublin would have a back level. Um, I think that would draining on the energy of Kerry, maybe a bit demoralising as well at times. Yeah. What was your sense, Colin, at half time as to who was happier? Kerry went in, obviously. Um point ahead having uh, probably not had the best of it Paul Ganey had scored the goal Cluxton had kicked the two frees Mannion and Sean O'Shea had done most of the heavy lifting on the scoreboard lots of turnovers I think the conversion rate at half time was Kerry 45% Dublin 50% and certainly in good weather anyway they'd both be hoping to hit 70% on a good day so in, in the dressing room I, I was struggling as to think were, were Dublin saying lads we have these we're better than these you can sense it or were Kerry saying we haven't even played yet and we're a point up what was your sense at halftime? <laughs> I, to be honest probably both teams w- would have been saying we haven't played yet like 
Dublin probably had the better of that first half. So it was kind of rules reversal for them from the last two games where against Mayo and against Mana, them two teams probably played most of the football in the first half. But Dublin found themselves a point up going in at half time. And this was a rules reversal from them with the with the goal just before half time. Obviously, Clifford and Ganey, like you know, Clifford's pass has been well talked about. I think Ganey's finish has gone completely under the radar and I'd like to hear what Darren thinks like when he gets that ball the composure it's probably the hardest ball to get in Gaelic football because when he receives it the keeper is already on him and he has to throw two dummies and on the second one again to have the composure not to t- not to pick up the ball to flick it up and even at that he's to dummy back inside it for a third time and put it under Cluxton it was unbelievable composure from Ganey because he wouldn't have been human if he was thinking before half time there's a good chance I'm going to be whipped here because he'd left 1-1 behind him Hadn't been playing well coming into the championship. Gannon probably had the better him in that first half. So I think that moment before half time was huge. And it looked like Kerry, Kerry sprinted off the pitch. You could see O'Sullivan, Ganey, the boys, the, the, the halftime whistle goes not long after that. And Kerry are sprinting off the pitch. So you would have thought, yeah, Kerry are probably in a good position coming to half time or going out into the second half. And in fairness, they brought that bit of bounce into the second half as well, into that 15 minutes. I, I think in the first 15 minutes, second half, Joe, they kicked seven points, which when you compare it to the kick four in the whole of the first half, like so that just showed, you know, that they brought that bounce and it really looked like they were going to push on and get into that lead that we thought we need, they'd need. We spoke about it last week. We thought they'd need to go four, five, six up and have D- Dublin chasing them in the last 15 minutes. And it looked like that's where the game was going to go. Yeah. Darren, the game you go. Oh, sorry. Um, I was in a world of my own. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was, you know, it's funny. I was thinking the exact same thing as Colm. And uh, I had, before the game, I had actually tipped Paul Ganey to have a big impact. I had um, chatted to Phil. I said, there's going to be a goal in this. And he missed one early in the game. Like Colm said, it wasn't going his way. In fact, his mind, he got taken off at halftime in the All-Ireland final last year as well. Maybe form wasn't where he would have liked to have been going into this. He might have been having doubt, but his reaction to flick the ball up in the conditions and compose himself and put it underneath Cluxton was unbelievable. Look, everyone talked about the pass and the pass was unreal. But the finish by Paul, I'll be honest, but look, we always say Clifford, but Paul Gain in that position is as good as anyone. And just a reaction because we've all been there where you're, you're halfway through the action of doing a second half and just the speed of thought to flick it up to himself and save himself because like that, I think if he gets called for double half and it's another goal chance going, he's there going, I'm, I'm getting taken off here. Mm. Um, huge moment because Kerry had not played in that first half. They were as slow in that first half as they played in a while. They were going in at halftime, a point up going, we haven't even hit second gear yet. Yeah. Um, so it was a huge moment and like that, they did look like that goal was the winning of the game at, to some degree because they came out like a different team. Hardy Clifford came out for the second half like a man possessed. Yeah. Well, was, for- the, the third quarter had been talked about as well. Let's see what Dublin do. But if you remember Mannion, who was pretty much immaculate throughout, he had like maybe two mistakes in an entire game full of mini mistakes from lots of different players. But one of his very few mistakes was on 39 minutes he took a shot and he just skied it he seemed to totally get under it and then a moment later Khan had the crossbar effort and from that Potty Clifford scored a point that was like a four point swing Carrier up by two then Ganey fists the point to go up by three Pascal gets one back but then David Clifford gets one from play 
And so Kerry lead by three points. And and Clifford scoring that one from play, he he got a free and then that one from play at the start in the second half. And even he gave a fist pump as if to sort of say, I'm starting to motor here as well. And you really thought, okay, this is interesting. And then I I, I think everybody, Jack O'Connor included, column has pointed to the Paddy Small goal as crucial. Like what a what a surefire way to get back in the game level after Kerry's brilliant little burst and you kind of ignite the hill you ignite everyone everything is possible once again and ironically because you were watching on TV like I was uh, Fitzmaurice had just made the point oh it's interesting Dublin have surrendered this kick out to Kerry but uh, obviously Basquiat didn't get the memo brilliant by him brilliant by him yeah yeah. I think he, he chased a lost cause basically you know, Gavin White in that position you just back him all day to burst out of the fence and you know White had a <coughs> quite day for him and I looked at his response after the goal after after Basquell intercepted him and just thinking was he carrying a knock going into the game was he at maybe 80-90% because it, it looks like he can't sprint back you know or does he, was he just feeling at that particular time but it was brilliant by Basquell but you're talking about a game at inches Joe like I think if Murphy doesn't actually block that I think it's heading for Shane Ryan he seems to have dived in the right way small is off his weaker right foot Murphy gets the block and deflects it into the back of the net and look at these are the things that can go for you it's what happens after that they enjoy you're expecting Dublin really just to go after Kerry and I think Gannon kicks a wide straight away but Darren said it there Kerry go three back up like and yeah. that was absolutely huge at that moment but that's I think the, it was, was the, the knock the on po- effect that was the Paddy Clifford show then he scored two. Oh, it was just it was it was unbelievable like he literally put Kerry up on his back for 15 minutes and said yeah. I'm taking the game here to Dublin it was sensational and David in fairness to him you know I'd say he almost felt at the time you know I need, I need to help out I need to help out here I need to get on the scoreboard I need, you know Paddy's doing it why am I doing it and you could see then just what happened with the force and the shots yeah. it was such a strange day for Clifford Joe and myself and Darren were talking about this for come on like any other corner forward in the country kicks two points from Clay does a worldly of a pass for a goal. I think he sets Sean O'Shea up for a point and wins the last free that levels the game, kicks a free as well. So has a direct impact of one five in the whole in an alert final where your team scores one thirteen. Like any other corner forward, you're thinking that is a that's an unbelievable day out. But it's just the fact that it's Clifford, the fact that he has then couple of misses, mm. you know, three or four big, big misses and yeah, yeah, Fitzsimons, like what a battle that was. We talked about it last week. It was it was going to be huge and it was it was just it was sensational to watch. Yeah. It's it's a painful thought for Kerry fans, Darren, that <clears throat> when Paddy Clifford scores his third in the fifty first minute to put Kerry three ahead, one eleven to one eight on fifty one minutes, Paddy kicks his third. That great kick, that left footer high into the sky, great point. And that's on 51 minutes. The game went to 76, 77 minutes. Kerry have one more point from play. Rest of the game. Dublin win out 7-2. Kerry get a point from play and get the free. So Dublin again come from behind, from three points behind. But this time Dublin do it with points, not the Paddy Small goal. And and you boys had both said Kerry need to be ahead going into the final 15. But geez, even, even you must be a bit disappointed that it was to that extent they needed to be ahead. Yeah, I suppose... We everyone talked about it the last couple of games. Kerry have been so reliant on David, and the few times he might have been off radar, somebody else has stood up to be counted. Sean O'Shea did it against um, Tyrone. Mm. Paulie's done it at different stage of different kind of flickers of moments, magic, um, and we just having one player back him up was never going to be enough, um, and like that, like 
David kept getting on ball, but he was. He was looking for a big moment, I think. That moment that kind of reignites the whole team, that gets the crowd back going, because momentum had been lost. Mm. Um, so you, you think shot selection was a bit ambitious here and there? Yeah, look, it's, look I think some of the shots you... You're not going to criticise a man who can kick it from where he can. But See, that's look, the thing, he's, he's cursed by his own ability because he probably looks at yeah. most shots and thinks, I could pull that off. And, and that's the thing, he can. Um, but sometimes, you know, when, thing, when the radar's off a small bit or the pressure's just mounting, sometimes you do have to just make keep it simple. Like Paul Ganey that time when he went in, punched it over the bar. You know, simple thing. Um, and that was it. I just looked like, it looked like Kerry were... At times, David looked like he was actually trying too hard. I think, you know, I suppose the weight of expectation, the pressure, everything that was at stake, Paddy had taken over the game. Paddy needed help. And I, I do think the first half where David was more or less starved of ball mm. frustrated him. And as a corner forward, there's only so much you can do inside there when the ball, when it is that type of game. You do get frustrated. You get a bit antsy inside. You start coming out. You, you're trying to get yourself into the game as well and you're, you're overdoing it and look he was on Fit Simons who had a great game and marked him as well as anyone else but it was just the radar was just a small bit off and I think Kerry needed they needed more backup um, we just didn't have enough scoring threats yeah because in some ways like Ganey with 1-1 Sean O'Shea very good first half Pody in that second half had his period like Darren Moynan yeah, very workmanlike very involved you know like Stephen O'Brien did plenty, maybe didn't score as much as he would have liked. Like, in some respects, lots of them did come to the fore. It was just never sustained enough. And then you throw in the couple of bad wides as well. What was your read column on David Clifford then? Because uh, for a start, uh, whether he turned off every radio, television, podcast, newspaper, I've never known a build-up like it. I've never known a final talked about literally through the prism of one player. And I know he's had that his whole life, but even he couldn't have been immune to that sense of who's going to mark him, what bearing is that going to have in the game, how many is going, going to score this time, think what he did last year versus Shane Walsh. Very hard to shut that out. It's really tough. Like a, a bit of sympathy for him in that respect. Oh, hugely, Joe. Like I, I could only imagine what that would be like. Like it's such difficult prep. And as you said, to try and block that out as good as you are and as good as head as he has on his shoulders, it still had to be difficult. I think Darren's point on the first half and the lack of possessions, I think that that is key. I think he, he got his score on the sixth minute. That's yeah. his first touch of the game. I don't think he touches the ball again until I think it's the 22nd or 23rd minute of the game. And I'd say in that 15, 16 minute spell, I think there's a frustration building up here. Why am I getting the ball? You know, the boy, the carry. Darren mentioned there there was so slow transitioning the ball out and then you could see for the last 10 minutes of the first half he was actually coming out into the half forward line and trying to link the play yeah. so it was such a strange day for him um, some of the shots he took on you know you're kind of thinking it's David Clifford he has that in his locker like what is his range you know what I mean does even he know because he's such he's such a range of shots I think he look at it, he'll learn a huge pile from it I think I think for one thing, not to show your frustration after you miss your shots. And that's very easy for me to say in the last 15 yeah, well, minutes. What, what would you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, he just, you could feel it building up. And every time the camera was going to him, you could yeah. see him scratching his head, shaking his head. There was a build up of tension in the stadium. But I think, look, outside of Clifford, Aidan Spillane had a big one where he's coming in the inline, but he takes a hop instead of taking the fist of point early. 
Tom O'Sullivan has a big one as well. I think for Kerry to win that game, obviously the four boys get the four scores from play and, mm. and Killian Spillane gets a point off the bench. They needed Tom O'Sullivan to chip in. They needed Gavin White to chip in. They needed a score from midfield, Jamal O'Connor, Jack yeah, Barry. Yeah. And all of a sudden, then you have your extra three, four, five points and it's taken the pressure a bit off Clifford. Yeah, Darren, you might have a better sense because I, I, on TV, there's just so much going on. You almost need to watch the game back several times over. It was the inverse of the Derry performance for Sean O'Shea, whereby he was very involved first half and then just very little involvement for a second half where you need Sean O'Shea involved. What happened to him first half versus second? Do you know, I just think there was so much going on around the middle. Sometimes the game was just bypassing certain players for periods of time. Like, to be fair, like that was kind of Kerry's problem throughout the season. Shawnee might do it one half, Paulie might do it another half. We had flickers of moments from yeah. different players at different stages. We never had the consistency. Why that is, I don't know. The other part of that is they got tight running. Um, Shawnee was very much around the middle. The middle was was a war ground. Anytime you had the ball, it was within half a second you were getting hit and hit hard. Um, but I think a lot of Kerry's problem was just the slow build up. We just didn't build up as well as. And did Dublin. Du- did Dublin impose that slowness on them, or were they just a touch tight themselves? Or what was your read on that? There was a bit of both. Like I think Dublin obviously were getting bodies back, but I just think Kerry were a bit over cautious. With the ball, I don't know was it to do with the conditions or what. Um, they did put in a few balls in the first half and they skidded away. Yeah, and I was just thinking, you do that once, you don't want to do it a second time, or you've seen your teammate kick it away. You, you don't want to kick it away twice in a row, right? I keep it safe. It just doesn't suit Kerry. It slowed the ball at the game down. Dublin were very good. They were very disciplined. They got their bodies back, but while Kerry were slow with the ball, you'd look out. And Shane Ryan was 50-odd yards from his own goal and there was nobody there. And you're thinking, Dublin had pace and power. Yeah. And they broke. Like, I think you were on about Mannion's uh, shot in the second half. Like, Mannion was on Jason Foley, who was like an All-Ireland hurdle champion. Like, Mannion pulled away from him. Mm. And bar the finish, it would have been the score of the game. Mm. Um Pascal as well was very direct. We we just we lacked a bit of bravery, I think. There was a bit of caution there. There was opportunities where fellas actually could have taken on their man. And I think because of the conditions, everyone was tackling hard. It was a case of I don't want to get turned over. Yeah. Kind of play I think they will go away and they think we played within ourselves today. Interesting. You know. Yeah. Cause and, and maybe a broader thought then on Kerry's year and we'll turn to Dublin in due course in a bit more depth. Curious for your thoughts on their season on the whole then because whoever was going to lose this final they were going to have the misfortune of being told actually you didn't actually beat anyone all year you know and and so it's Kerry's misfortune they win the All-Ireland last year everybody says wow the age profile monkey off their back watch this team kick on now this is their team uh, several of the players have long club championships the league is very slow start. Jack O'Connor is pretty much on the record of saying, look, players need time off. We're going to use the league for time off. And then it's a very slow championship and they have that performance against Tyrone and we all say, ah, O'Connor's timed this perfectly. Wait and you see now. And then Derry probably had their number for a lot of the semi-finals. So that mm. was unconvincing. And now they've put in a performance you feel was ah, just didn't give a great account of ourselves in the final. So a year on from waiting, you see this team kick on 
it, it hasn't happened. So it's got to feel like a very disappointing state of affairs in Kerry and, and probably a bit of soul searching now. Where are they short for you? What, what needs to be thought about and looked at over the close season? Um, I think it's a bit more depth. I think that uh, they brought in a lot of lads this year to the squad who were, would have been on the 26 one game, not on the next game. There's a bit of rotating. And I think that will bring on them players a lot. Um, but a lot of it is, I still, if you were to ask me now, next year, I'd say Kerry. I think they will go away from this game. The bother is with this new system, they have six months of scratching their head going, if I did this, or but maybe if I was braver there. And that's, that's the nature of losing an All-Ireland final. Sometimes deep down, you'll sit down your own, you'll go, yeah, look, they were better than us. But I think I think the Kerry lads will go away and it will be one of them ones. If I did this, mm. they'll watch it back and they'll see all the little, where, geez, there was a kick pass on. I could have taken on my man. But I do think, look, Kerry's age profile is still very good. I think they will lose a couple of players um, who I think will be big losses just in terms of strength and depth. I think it's a depth thing they need. Um, I think obviously with winning the All Ireland last year was great, but then they went into like it was like a new competition. Yeah, how do we prepare for this year? Um, and to be fair, look, Dublin won the All Ireland deservedly so, but Dublin didn't set the place alight either. Um, there was no consistent standout team. Obviously, Mayo talked about it at the start, and there was talks Galway are building nicely, then it was Derry are coming good, whereas Kerry and Dublin both stuttered along showed glimpses mm. of their quality. Um, and look, I think we all said it, look, if you look at the boys they brought back, which you're kind of going, we're bringing back fellas. It maybe didn't send out the right message, but they were the boys that got them over the line. Cluxton, yeah. um, Mannion, man of the match. McCaffrey, it was very hard to stop a man like that after 50 minutes of an intense yeah. battle. And he came on, he poked holes, he was powerful. Um, and that was the difference. Yeah. Column, you you have final word on Kerry then. Yeah, I think I think next year for Kerry, what they'll be looking at, Darren Mitchell about the depth, like the likes of I'm thinking off the top of my head here, uh, Donald Downs O'Sullivan and Barry Dan O'Sullivan, who played a huge amount of game time in the league, pretty much played all the league. You know where were they when it come to championship? You know, did they get injured? Did they drop off the squad? I I don't, I don't know what happened them. They'd be looking for the, the likes of them type of guys to to progress. But I think Darren is right to be looking at maybe Gainey and. Stephen O'Brien and even Paul Murphy, you know, these guys are coming towards the end as well. So it's not just about adding depth, it's about replacing as well. But when you have David Clifford, Sean O'Shea and Paulie Clifford as well, then you have the nucleus of a very good team. So Kerry are going to be there, thereabouts next year. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, somehow I think it'll be akin to the league campaign of two years ago where they come out, take it seriously, win it, get in the habit of winning early and stay in that habit kind of approach. Uh, we've plenty of time to talk about all that. We're going to take a short break and then it'll be Colm and Darren's favourite part of the show where they pay homage to Dublin and all the Dublin players and uh, just talk about how great they are. Uh, Gaelic Football on Off The Ball is in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Darren O'Sullivan, Colin Ball, staying with us. Gaelic Football on Off The Ball with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Now you're Mac. Colin Boyle is with us, as is Darren O'Sullivan. So we kind of focused on Kerry there towards the end of part one. Let's turn our attention to the All Ireland Champions. 
uh, to jog the memory of that seven points to two closing from Dublin, that closing 25 minutes, uh, Mannion kicks uh, free after McCaffrey really does all the hard work. McCaffrey was on in the 48th minute, right around the time that Kerry went three ahead and, and Clifford was doing his thing. Paddy Clifford, McCaffrey came on. So he won a free. Then Basquiat scored a point again. It was great McCaffrey play for those two points. And then Mannion's fourth point of the game and the, the point to level it up came from in fairness to David Goff, listened to his umpire and he overturned the Fitzsimons-Clifford tussle. You might remember he had given a free to Kerry and then he overturned that and so Dullin went up and scored. And from that point on, they took over. Fenton put Dublin ahead, eased the length of the pitch almost. I mean, it, it's like it's like he's in third gear, but no one can stop him. He scored that point. It was like a warm-up before training and struck it over. Killian Splan scored a great point and then Kerry got a free, but Dublin finished strongly. Mannion... Uh, got a point after extraordinary passage of play which went on for several minutes Dublin were attacking to put Dublin uh, one up and then Dean Rock scored the winner in the 76 minute to well not the winner but the second the insurance point in the 76 minutes to go 115 to 113 so seven points to two they closed it out I mean to, to pick up on um, Darren's point column you look at the contribution of Cluxton and Mannion in points alone and then you throw in McCaffrey and those three were missing last year. Right there, you've got the comfortable difference between last year and this year. This whole getting the band back together thing, like it was easy to say it looked like a desperation. And I understood that point early on in the season. But bloody hell, you love it when a plan comes together. Yeah, of course, it was always going to work for them, Joe, wasn't it? Um, just, I remember whenever it was, Joe, last October, November, I was on with you the day after a broke about Mannion and McCaffrey, and we both were saying this is an absolute game changer. Like, little did we know at the time that it was Cluxton was coming back as well, and it was, it was, it was an absolute game changer. And Like, Cluxton yesterday, to get 100% in your kickouts, like, in a, in a wet day in Crow Park and in an Ireland final, like, I know four or five of them were literally a bounce of a ball or a fingertip away from getting intercepted or, or Kerry winning them. But to me, the value it looks and really showed on the very last kick out of the game, because if you remember, Cl- Clifford kicks the ball wide. There's about 90 seconds on the clock. Yeah. And I would say nearly every keeper in the country in that scenario would say, okay, there's 90 seconds on the clock here. Let's take 30, 40 seconds, really try and kill it down. And we're going to go long to a set play kick out, get it, get it out to midfield and let the boys fight for it. Mm. But Cluxton in that just t- just it's just like it's a, a normal kick out. It's just like it's the first minute of the game. He's the ball out on the tee and out to Finton in the corner within right. eight seconds, and you just know there's absolutely no way Kerry are going to see the ball again. It's a great, and it's, it's a great point. I hadn't, I hadn't hadn't picked up on that myself. Yeah, yeah, but it just showed. But that's the experience, John. Unfortunately, you know, not unfortunately. <laughs> that's just what Dublin have, and that is what the boys brought. Absolute brilliant by Desi Farrell. I think he deserves huge, huge credit because. Would any other Dublin manager in that position, you know, pick up the phone to Stephen Cluxon and say, come on, let's let's go here, you know, even to Mannion, to McCaffrey, to get them boys back. It was a masterstroke, absolutely masterstroke. And McCaffrey in that last 20 minutes was just the energy he brought. He put Cody Clifford on the back foot. He was mm-hmm. burning Clifford's energy going back towards his own goal, which was negating his energy going the other way. And I think that showed in the last 15 minutes because he kind of died off in the last 10 or 15 minutes. But... He was superb. Kilkenny was superb as well in that in that second half without getting on the scoreboard. I I think he was directly involved in about four or five of the Dublin scores. Made a huge turnover for Cons, one that hits the crossbar as well. And you just yeah. add up all the experience they have. Finton, McCarthy, Small, when there was 50-50 balls there to be won on the ground, whatever way you want to win them, the boys are just getting in and winning them. And that's yeah. 
I suppose, why they've won whatever it is, nine out of the last 12 All-Irelands. You know what I mean? It's just it's sensational. Yeah, could be a long answer, Darren, but who were the best Dublin performers for you yesterday? <sighs> Mannion. Mannion stood out from the very start. Um, Cluxon obviously was outstanding. He actually had a kick out in the second half where he kind of just put it through the middle of three or four players and it skidded into one of the dubs. And I was there going, like, like Colin was saying, it's like he's in training. Mm. He doesn't break a sweat. Um, and like Fenton kicked a couple of massive scores. Brian Howard had a big influence in the game. And there was a moment, I think it was when um, Costello was taken off and I had a few dubs behind me. And I'd say they thought it might be Basquiat. But he came into the game. I thought he had a good game um, yesterday. And like that, I like his style, to be fair. He is very direct. Sometimes a cut with the wrong decision, but he keeps going. And if I can only imagine as a defender, he would be an absolute nightmare to mark. But uh, like they got their matchups right. Um, and in the first half, they definitely looked like they had a lot more pace and energy than Kerry. Um, this is the part of the show I really didn't want to. I was hoping my wife I would go. <laughs> uh, but no, look... They're big players, they're experienced players, and I think that's what got them over the line in the end. They didn't look, even when Kerry were going three up, they never looked flustered. They never went away from what they were trying to do. Like some of the scores they kicked, you're watching it, obviously with your Kerry hat on, you're going, come on, get in there. Like that, Fenton carried the ball about 60 yards and just stroked. He doesn't look even look like he's moving. He had, he had no right to be that relaxed kicking the ball on the run to put them a point up with five minutes to go yeah. in the All-Ireland final. He carried it about 60 yards. Yeah. And stroked it from about 40. Yeah. And just strolled back out the field as if... Uh, he, he's different. I, he's I, different level. He really is something else, Fenton. I, like, look, look, we talked on him for a while and the one thing I think he added to his game this year that I hadn't seen him up to now was that bit of temper. Um, and he was being written off a bit. Do you know what we were talking about? All these other midfielders around the place and mm. they're this and they're that. He showed why... He, he's in the conversation with all the greats of the game and why he is one of the greats of the game already himself. Yeah, I do get the impression just from his general body language column, I think he's really driving it there now. I think he's become elder statesman and proper leader behind closed doors. It's just just a vibe. There's a drive about him, the way he's celebrated, the way he's carrying himself. Yeah, and look at him. Finton probably knows that this great Dublin team, even though he's, you know, only what in his mid to late twenties, um, I don't, I'm not even sure what he is. That this Dublin team isn't going to last forever. So maybe you need to enjoy the moments here. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think that's what they did yesterday. I think that's what the whole team did yesterday. You could see that drive, like how a fella can just stroll through the middle of Crow Park on a Larn final day and put your point, put your team up. Like going back to the Tide Marley point I think that's where they really miss Kerry really missed a sweeper because I think both the Finson scores he just kind of drifts into an area yeah. where he's not met by anyone I think Morley because he's marking someone can't get out and push to him and I think Finton no better man to take advantage of that scenario but he is he is absolutely incredible yeah and he drove on his team for sure yesterday and how did you feel Fitzsimons did on David Clifford because on the one hand you'd have to say very well all things considered on the other hand mm. if if uh, it was the Clifford of last year he's, and he had his kicking boots on to that extent he could have walked away with a huge tally but mm. I, so your read on that battle and how Fitzsimons went about trying to stop him 
I, I honestly think there's a bit of both in what you're saying. I think, in fairness to Fitzsimons, early doors especially, he just denied him possession. And I don't know, is that because, from not being there, I'll say, I don't know, is that because Kerry weren't looking for it? Was Kerry, was Clifford in the right positions to receive the ball? But he wasn't getting on the ball. So I, I credit Fitzsimons for, for that as a defender, that he just simply denied Clifford possession. He wasn't in the game. Mm. Then when Clifford was in the game, you know, Clifford, Fitzsimons mentioned this last night himself. You know what I mean? the time he went by him in the first half, if Davy Byrne doesn't get across to cover, Clifford is heading for the crossbar and, you know, he could stick that in the back of the net and people are talking about this an awful lot different because you do get lucky and you do need people to back you up. The one thing that I suppose, well, I say it impressed me about the Simons yesterday is that he wasn't overly focused on Clifford. So there's a couple of times where Kerry are attacking and Clifford's not really a threat at that time, if, if you can even say that. Mm. And he just sprints to someone else to try and get a tackle in. You know what I mean? I think even in the last play of the game where, I think it's Clifford's last shot, actually, he sprints to, I'm not sure it's a party or someone else to try and cut out a pass and leads David Clifford free. And that's how he ends up getting the shot away. So maybe it's good defender, maybe it's very smart defender, but sensational by, by Fitzsimons. I, th- I think it was a brilliant battle. I think, look, on another, I think Clifford played well. I'll be honest with you. I think he actually played well despite the five wides. Yeah. Like he was three from eight yesterday. I think he was eight from ten last year in the final. You know that just shows the standards he has. Um, I, I think it was a brilliant. But I think Fitzsimons can do as well as you can possibly can do, and he used all the experience. Even that one with you mentioned with Goff, he used all his experience yeah. to get in on the umpire, put the pressure on. Yes. So Goff over and in fairness to Goff, like I think he deserves a mention because um, I was talking about what a good game it was with turnovers and tackles. Goff allowed that. You could have had another referee yesterday that was so finicky, blown for Everton, making it a stop-start game. I think I think that's why he's the best in the business okay. um, because yeah, he, he lets it good, flow. He got a good booing at full-time. I, 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 I can't, I can't understand. Game. I think the only thing, maybe he could have, he should have black-carded probably McCarthy earlier on yeah. for the hit on, on O'Shea, Sean O'Shea. I think Everton else, I think that's as good as an Ireland performance from a referee that, that I've seen. I think the call on Lee Gannon in the first half where he collides with Shane Ryan. I think we've all been as there as a player, Darren, I don't know if you were, you know you're in trouble, you're thinking, I'm going to stay down here. Maybe the referee might think yeah. that was accidental or whatever. To send off the Dublin physios. And, uh, like I, what an you, example, What exa- it's brave, but what, what an example yeah, that is to set. Like I, I don't make a habit of sending off the medical team, but he was he was obviously <laughs> right in his thinking there. Oh, he, that was, one. He, was, he was brilliant there, no, to be fair. And I was actually sitting in front of a few of the former Dublin lads and they thought Gannon was gone. They thought he was gone that time. Okay. Um, but uh, I did. We but we all. I turned around as Chancellor Miser going, it's like very few referees are saying, "No, I'm not falling for this." But I don't know. Was it the the experience from the semi final last year when Kerry got the penalty and uh, Comerford went down for about five minutes with nobody around him? So maybe he's experienced from that. But. Mm-hmm. Just on what Cullen was saying about Fitzsimons in the first half when Kerry was slow, Fitzsimons was five yards in front of Clifford. Right. So there was no kick option on. Maybe on a dry day he doesn't chance that. Um, but like that as well, he wasn't just obsessed with David. There was times in the first half where I was there going, Jesus Christ, this fella's running off tackling someone else, and Clifford's standing inside there. He he go and he doesn't just go, he sprints to another man and to another man, and then looks around. There's David to go back to him. Um, and he, he made a couple of um, runs to get on the ball and bring the ball out of defence as well. But no, he, in fairness, on another day, we were still raving about David. like, um, But he did as well as anyone could do on him. I'm curious for your, your, your sense of what this win 
does to the Dublin legacy? Because on the face of it, you would say, well, I mean, how can you improve on their legacy? But I don't know, there's, there's some, there was something about watching the three boys with their nine and a whole bunch of them going to eight and probably like underreported the, the players going to eight. To come back and, and even, you know, for Mannion and McCaffrey and Cluxton to come back from, from a gap... I don't know, like, it's kind of, Darren, it adds almost to the, the romance, the folklore. It's like this extra lovely chapter. It's not just this straightforward tale of dominance. I th- kind of think this win really copper fastens something in Gaelic football fans' imagination when it comes to this Dublin team. There's, it's less of the just continued excellence. They're like robots. There's, there was kind of a bit of heart to this one or something. There is, um, like, obviously, when you lose a couple, you even heard James McCarthy talking about we've had a couple of tough years. I was there, boo hoo. Yeah, the family. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, they showed unbelievable character. Um, and, like, the boys that have nine, like, and obviously, look, like, Don and Kerry, we, and we had the, the players at eight, we had the golden years. But Dublin did this, like, what Dublin have done, like, and it, pains me to say it's just incredible and I thought no one would do what the Kerry lads did getting eight but what these like it's a fright that there's fellas now with eight medals in Dublin and they're not getting a mention because the three boys have nine Yeah, which is just outrageous um, look I always say like, winning in All-Ireland is very difficult winning two in a row is very difficult but to keep coming back year after year after year and doing what they were doing and then lose it for two years and come back this year with that kind of drive, that intensity to celebrate like you hadn't won it before. Yeah. Bringing Pat Gilroy into the backroom team. Like Desi Farrell obviously deserves a lot of credit as well. Two all Ireland four years. A team supposedly in transition brings back a former manager, brings back former players, like Dublin had two very good goalies and Comerford and uh, my head's gone now Alan. yeah they have two good goalies and you bring him back arguably the greatest of all time but you're there going what could this do to a squad so Desi Farrell deserves a lot of credit as well because you're taking over from Jim Gavin mm. possibly the greatest manager of all time and all of a sudden you've got two more alarms look don't want to build them up too much, but it's hard not to. Like what they've done is incredible. What yeah. the likes of James McCarthy has done on a consistent basis for the last twelve years is off the wall. Yeah, Colin, I, like I don't want to turn Dublin into plucky underdogs here, but I sort of feel of all the All Irelands, I might remember this one as well as any of them. To be honest, it, it, it had a certain quality which was very, very likable. You know, the, um, like one last shot together for all the right reasons. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is, Joe, because of the sheer emotion at the end of it. You mm. know what I mean? I think I think that's why, you know, people are relating to it. And the fact that this actually might be it. McCarthy has kind of half-referenced it. Dean Rock kind of half-referenced it in interviews afterwards. You know, you just, McCaffrey, I think, last night, you know, was basically made the point that, you know, he wants to come back or they went, wants to win the All-Ireland to show the young Dublin players on yes. the panel how it's done and the standards there. It's almost like, Okay, lads, we've done it now. We're handing this over to you, and you've got to take this on with the likes of Finton and Kilkenny and these boys. So there might be that transitional phase after this. So maybe this is why you know people are relating to it. But you know, what a way if this if them boys do go out, mm. you know, if, if they do kind of the older lads that we're talking about, like 
beating Kerry in an Ireland final to win your eighth or ninth or whatever medal yeah. it is. Like, it probably is no better way than that to, to go out on, let's be honest. So, no. yeah, you have to hand it to them. And we're all suckers for passage of time. Like, I mean, it was just watching them all almost say goodbye to each other on the pitch. Like, it just had this mm. um, a real depth to it. I must give you a chance, Colm, to say a word on Desi Farrell. I mean, I even saw reviewing the Sunday papers yesterday. Like, you know, even points being written. Well, even if they win, is Desi overshadowed? How much credit does Desi deserve? Is Pat Gilroy running the show? These kind of things are being talked about this week. And, Mm. you know, the lads coming back, Cluxton is kind of running that dressing room. Desi's like almost a a footnote in, in comparison to where a manager should be. I mean, in the same way that Leo Cullen gets credit for bringing in great people around him, the likes of Lancaster, I, like the highest compliment you can pay Desi Farrell is he had the humility to put together the best package he could and couldn't care less how it looked from the outside. I think you completely hit the nail on the head, the head there. I don't think Desi Farrell strikes me as the type of fellow who has an ego or cares about what people think. I think he'll just be absolutely delighted at what his team achieved this year. We talked about last year to win two out of four in his reign. You know, if this is this is it for him, mm. he would have taken your hand off for that. And to win it in this fashion, you know, Joe, could you imagine the stick the stick he would have got if Mayo beat them in a quarter final, or they lose a semi final or a final, and he's brought back all these players and they don't win the All Ireland. Yeah. You know, people would have been talking about, you know, why didn't he use the younger players? You know, he stunted their development and all, and all this kind of talk. It would have naturally came from that. So he was brave. He made the cause. The Gilroy one, I would say, was, you know, a game changer for them as well. So absolutely fair play to him. A brilliant, brilliant achievement. And if he does go out after this four years, he can be extremely happy with his uh, with his term in, ter- in charge. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't really thought of that. If they'd lost to Mayo, he would have been destroyed by everyone. Made mm-hmm. the wrong decision in the short term and it's going to stunt players in the medium term. It's like the most damaging year in, in decades for Dublin. They would have been slaughtered. Oh, I, I th- it definitely would have came. Yeah, it definitely would have came. But, you know, you talked about, will he get the plaudits? Now, maybe he might because people will give it to McCarthy and they'll give it to yeah. Tuxton and they'll give it to Fitzsimons. But again, I go back to Port. I don't think that actually bothered, bothered Desi Farrell. I think all he's bothered about is within the four walls. And in a good team, really, that's all people are interested in, what the people in the dressing room think of me. And, you know, I think he'd be very, very happy with uh, with his Dublin team and what they think of him. Yeah. Before you go, Footballer of the Year, Darren. David Clifford. Nice and simple. Uh, footballer of the year, I think he's been outstanding. Um, I like that. I, like there's been a lot said about the final, but what he did in the final was still what a normal footballer would say is an incredible day out. I think, look, I'm like everyone else, I think uh, probably got into this narrative that David is going to kick 10 points every game. Every game is going to be sprinkled with stardust. That's not sport. That's not life. But mm. he was still outstanding in the All Ireland, and I think look, it, it's a no-brainer for me. He was the best footballer in the in the country all year. Colin, exact same. There was no better footballer in the country this year, David Clifford. And if that's what you're basing it on, and I know myself and Darren were actually talking about this beforehand, because I think if it still is a player vote, which I think it is, you get a text to your phone and you vote on the three candidates. Like Clifford was just out of this world this year. He was better this year than he was last year. And he won the Footballer of the Year last year. Last year, I don't think it's even debate. He was the best footballer in the country by by a mile. I think this year, uh, sensational footballer, and he'll be back again firing next year. I think that's one thing we can be sure of. That's interesting. I mean, I, I, I just assumed I was going to hear a Dublin voice or a Dublin name. I wasn't sure which 
name it would be. I, I think I, I I think the thing about Dublin is Joe that they had boys that were were big at different moments for them. Like I think McCarthy in the quarter final was brilliant. I don't think he was brilliant in the semi final or the final, yeah. but he had big big moments in it. You had Finton who was very good in the final and the quarter final, probably quite in the semi final. Cluxton was very good all the way through. But I think if you're looking for a guy that just put a team up on his back, really, especially early on the championship when they were struggling in the yeah. group stage. Like, I can't really remember a Dublin player standing out in the group stage. You know what I mean? Or yeah, before that, yeah, Clifford yeah. was absolutely on fire in the group stage and carried that through to Crow Park. So that's why I'd be going for Clifford. Yeah, it's suddenly a very convincing argument. It'd be interesting to see what way they vote. So that's how it's done. You'll get a text to your phone and you vote. That's how it used to be done. Yeah, yeah. You, get the three, you get the three candidates and away you go. I presume it's the same. Okay. Well, we'll watch that space. Fellas, uh, I'm not sure will we uh, have another chat in the short term. We may do a review of the year in the next couple of weeks, maybe. But if uh, if I'm not talking to you anytime soon, amazing analysis over the last couple of months. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Thank Cheers. You Thanks, Thanks lads. Cheers. Colin Boyle, Darren O'Sullivan with us on the line. And our Gaelic football coverage and off the ball is in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Gaelic football on Off The Ball with AIB proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship check out hashtag the toughest for more 